You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 90 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. This is the show for February 2021, even though my show notes say 2020, but it is definitely 2021. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts, and joining me, I have a fabulous panel, which is very much weighted towards the American side of the pond, because I basically chose to record at the middle of the night European time. So all of my European friends were like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. So anyway, without further ado, uh, I think physically closest to me is Chuck Joyner from Mac Voices. Hi, Chuck. Bart, the, the stars lined up, the, the time zones lined up, and I made it. This is great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for thank you for being here. It's a pleasure. And uh, it's nice to have you in my place. Um, one of my favorite parts of every holiday season is getting to be on your show and getting people to spend their money on things I recommend, and then paying the ultimate price when I end up buying all the things my fellow panelists recommend. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, those, those shows do seem to have that effect. And think how bad it is on me as the host, because I get to see all the panels and then I want all of the stuff. So it's, you do like, what, five, six, seven, eight of those shows? Yeah, it just depends on how many how many people we can line up in the time zones. But yeah, that's the way it usually works out. I hope you have a lot of advertisers, because that's a lot of buying you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joining us from the Others, for the far, far, far side of the continent of America, we have Alison Sheridan from the Nocillacast with us. Hi, Alison. Hey, Bart. Fun, fun, always fun to flip the tables and be on the other side of the microphone with you. It's it's very disconcerting. Normally, I'm the guest and you're the host, and now I have to be all in charge and grow it up and all stuff like that. I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> 90 episodes later, he's a grown-up podcaster, right? <laughs> yeah, 90 episodes in a monthly show. It has been a minute, hasn't it? Anyway. Yeah. So before we get stuck into new news that happened in February, let's let's catch up on some old stories and some long running stories. So as a general rule, I'm not a rumors guy and I don't believe in spending lots of time doing rumors, but I made an exception last month because there was so much talk about the car. I seem to have opened the floodgates because even after we recorded, the news didn't stop coming in. How dare it? Um, so since we last recorded, I I just got to read through these headlines and then we can we can zoom out and, and talk about it as a whole. But uh, I think I should clear my throat for this. So report says Apple to invest three point six billion in Kia for Apple Car production. Apple Car top Porsche Porsche engineer poached by Apple. Apple and Hyundai Kia close to finalizing a deal. Kia looking for Apple Car manufacturing partners. Apple Car could be made by Japanese company, at least six manufacturers in play. Talks between Apple and Hyundai Kia have reportedly stalled. Hyundai Kia say they are no longer in talks to produce the Apple Car. <laughs> Hyundai has learned some lessons following the Apple Car blunder. Um, Apple Car's test vehicle, meanwhile, logged twice as many miles in 2020 as it did the year before. Nissan is now apparently most likely candidate to be in talks. Um... Followed by report, Nissan shot down Apple deal to avoid becoming Foxconn of cars. Nissan says it is not in talks with Apple about cars. Hyundai is under investigation for trades following Apple car reports. It appears some of their executives may have been um, messing around with the stock while these rumours were going around. Oopsie daisies. 
Uh, key Project Titan manager is leaving Apple autonomous vehicle team, unfortunately. Apple in talks with multiple suppliers for Apple Car LiDAR tech. Finally, finally, just to circle us all the way back around. Hyundai Kia may still be working with Apple on multiple partnerships. <laughs> Bert, this is the best example I think you've ever given of why it's good to have a monthly show. Because a daily or a weekly show would have been, oh my God, look, this is happening. Wait, no, that's not happening. Wait, no, this is happening. Wait, no, that's not happening. But with your show, we can see the wave. <laughs> it's quite a wave, isn't it? <laughs> in this case, it's a circle or a spiral. We're falling down. So we've gone I wonder from- if there's anything real in any, in any of that. That's you know that's the thing. I I hate to be the pessimist here, but this just feels like. A, a, thank you for reciting it, Bart. A re- recitation of clickbait. You know, so just oh my god, somebody says something and we think it may be happening, so we're going to put it up there, and then you know we all bite at it, and it's it's just it's silly. Yeah. Hey Bart, wait wait, Chuck, I've got it. You know what the next headline is? Apple car delayed uh, delayed delivery. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. The car that they never said they were be... make. The real clickbait is Apple missed deadline because the press right. love to make up a deadline Apple ever announced and then hold Apple to it and then Apple fail. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. In fact, we should put out an article on that right now to get some clickbait. Right. <laughs> Apple severely behind schedule on Apple Car. <laughs> there is some real news hiding in, though, uh, hiding in that list, though, particularly hiring a guy from Porsche. There's definitely something afoot if Apple are hiring guys from Porsche. He's not coming in there to work on the iPad. And losing the guy from Project Titan. Yeah. so I w- those, are, those are the only two actual facts in all of those that you listed, right? Pretty much, to be honest, yes. The one thing I find funny facts. is uh, in the last show, as we were recording last time, Kia had blabbed and there had been no consequence. And I was like, that doesn't happen. The first yeah. rule of Apple Club is don't talk about Apple Club. And Kia just <laughs> talked about Apple Club. Why is this still going on? And then literally the next day, and it's all collapsed in a heap. Well, yeah, <laughs> saw that coming. Yeah, th- I, th- I'm sure there is something there, but God, there's an... It, yeah, actually, I'll tell you what the other... So much noise. Right, the other concrete thing is that investigation over trading by the Hyundai executives. That's the other concrete thing, because an awful lot of the yeah. the clickbait is for the purpose of making illegitimate gains for people, pump and dump, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that caught my eye. Right, right. So I take it we don't fancy having a rehash of the Apple Car story then, so maybe I should move on? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Unless you're going to make up news that is new, then if you, then we're good. I was going to say, if I had a Robinhood account and I had just purchased some stock, maybe, but I don't and I haven't and I wouldn't, so never mind. Uh, social media and ad companies are actually starting to prepare for the rollout of Apple's app tracking transparency feature, reality appears to be dawning. So in the last show, we reported that Facebook had warned investors in their earning call that uh, this might cost them a bit of money. Well, they have now been joined by Snapchat and Unity, who have added similar um, statements into their earnings calls. Twitter, on the other hand, are singing a very different tune. Um, They are expecting a modest impact on revenue. And if iCloud hadn't have eaten the changes I made to these show notes, it would also say that Twitter have welcomed Apple's introduction of app tracking transparency. That happened today. Um, six mobile companies have, sorry, six mobile ad companies have banded together to form an alliance to help each other learn how to deal with this new reality where you have to ask people if you can track them. And Facebook has decided it's about time to start playing the PR game and they're now trying to convince users why they should click yes to allow the tracking. 
So you opened the door to something that happened today. So I'm going to mm-hmm. cheat and say something that happened in the last couple of days. Is any would you put in the same category the change that came out? I think it was yesterday that that uh, Google is, uh, you know, they're going to stop doing third party cookie tracking in Chrome. And now they're they're They have announced that they are not going to then form new ways to track people individually but they'll be pushing for ways to, to track people in, in aggregate instead? I I have that on my to-read list for the preparation for security bits with you on Sunday. Okay. At the moment, I am seeing a lot of words and very little meaning. It's okay. all very well, yeah, I don't know that it's directly related to this, but it seems like the, the, the wave is moving in that direction of, of that, well, maybe we can still make money, not by, you know, watching to, to know exactly what time Chuck blinked his eyes, you know. It right, doesn't have you're to right. Be that it detail. is related because the one thing that is clear is the, is the sentiment. Whether it's, yeah. whether Google are doing it for, you know, good or more cavalier reasons doesn't really matter they're clearly reading the tea leaves and the tea leaves are this tracking malarkey it doesn't have a future so we can either be a victim of it or we can get slightly ahead of it and twitter would appear to be on the same page as google and facebook are not (laughs) facebook are on the inverse of that page I'm sure they're not allowed to do this, but I just picture some executives from Google and some executives from Apple maybe having a scotch together and saying, so if we start doing stuff better fast enough to like not not the same and not together, but if we both start behaving ourselves more and Apple obviously leading the charge, Mm -hmm. we can both make sure that Facebook looks really bad. And so we because they need to distance themselves from Facebook, right? Apple's Apple's not as much trouble as Google is not in as much trouble as Facebook. But if if Google can can cuddle up to being no, no, we're like Apple. (laughs) That would be a a, a strategy. It would. And they don't even need to cuddle, right? They can just if you're sitting in the boardroom in Google, you can just simply say, we don't have to run faster than the bear. Let's just <laughs> run a little bit faster than Mark Zuckerberg. But, you know, I, I've, I don't know. I guess I have a different take on this. Okay. I, I look at the way, I mean, Apple, okay, let's start over. You are not the customer with Apple, all right? You are the customer, are you the, you excuse me, the product. I'm sorry. sorry. You're the, okay, you are the sorry. product with Google. You were saying the inverse of reality there, Chuck, and my yes, brain was exploding. I, I was. You, yes, yes. Sorry that. That. Start over. You, you, you are the product when it comes to Google. Right. You are the product served up on a silver platter with all the trimmings when it comes to Facebook. <laughs> the apple in your mouth. With, yeah, exactly. With, with Apple, you are not the product, or at least not to as great a degree, because Apple is putting ads in front of you in certain circumstances. But there's no evidence, at least I have seen, that they are ads that are targeted at me. They're right. just ads. And so oh, right, right. I don't think Apple, Apple has to do anything. I think Apple is the one that's sitting at the top of the heap here and watching everybody scramble as, well, as that's on Zuckerberg. That's on that specific thing, yeah, it's specifically on ad targeting, yes, but they're in, you know, there's the whole Fortnite debacle that I'm sure there's going to be an update on that. You know, there's there's a lot of other things where they're seen as a big powerhouse, and, and there is only one thing that the United States is politically aligned on, and it's that everybody hates big tech right now, right? I mean, that's like the only bipartisan thing that we're doing is we're like, yeah, we hate those guys. So it's, it's, it's funny, that's gaining actually. momentum. In watching, so many categories. Watching it from the outside, you see these joint 
you know, these senators and congressmen from the two parties getting together to be critical. But in the hearings, they criticized the big tech companies for like completely inverse reasons that are not in alignment in the same reality with each other, but they definitely hate them. Right, right. Yes. Just yes. universal hatred. So, yes. Uh, but, but yeah, but I, don't, I don't mean I, that Apple needs to change anything from an ad perspective. I, I didn't mean to say that, Chuck. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe I, I heard what you didn't say, but I don't know that the Fortnite thing is the same. I, I mean, that's not no, it's that's not. not a privacy thing at all. You know, that. No, no, no. If you want. Yeah. If you want to argue about big tech thing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's a, we should break up big tech. You're a monopoly. You are, you have too much power thing. Yeah, and yes. there's a and lot of, course, of that Fort- in this week's show notes, actually. We, yeah, we and, and Epic is not. Twice. And, and Epic is not big tech at all. I mean, it's not like they have, you know, they're a, <laughs> you know, they're, they're a $5.95 company, right? Yeah, mom and pop, right? Mom and pop's Yeah, meeting. exactly. <laughs> well, we shouldn't get Save ahead your of your powder uh, on that one, Chuck. We, we, we get to go there. We get to go there later <laughs> to that town. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so for now, that's where we stand on the uh, app tracking transparency thing. Not Compared to last month, not that much happening. Just sort of a realization of reality. Um, when does I, that kick in, by the way, Bart? Pardon? I thought it was already, I thought that was already kicking in now-ish. When, do, Ish. when does it actually? I think, the, I think it's the iOS that's in beta now. When it goes out of beta, I think that's when the show kicks off, as it were, for us, the regular user. And I believe Bart has frozen there for a moment. I guess you're in charge now, Chuck. He did freeze, yeah. Well, I think I'm back. Although I'll have... Okay, well, I declare a holiday. You declare a holiday? Yeah, so I... Let me ping him on Telegram and oh. see if he's lost his internet. <laughs> you know, he just moved into a new house, right? Well, I knew he moved. I just didn't know that... I, I wasn't clear from the email whether he had moved in or was moving out of the other ones. Yeah, so. he just he just moved into a new house. Oh, what could go wrong? Yeah, he had internet before he had floors, though, so that was good. <laughs> and anyway, I haven't talked to you in forever. I know, oh, it's terrible, Allison. There, there you is. are. Yeah, You're back. I, I could keep hearing you guys, but obviously I somehow fell off. Yeah, you were... Uh, quite bizarre. Yeah, you were gone. Oh, okay. So I did not stop recording. Did you stop recording? I did not, so I have some editing to do around the 25-minute mark. I but that's good. That sure. I didn't stop either. Oh, good. So yes. That way you can edit online, the same so. spot you needed. Yeah. Oh, you got it too, Chuck? Good. Yeah. Okay. Right. So as I <laughs> it was kind of, it's going to be some very strange audio. I'm probably going to leave most of it in because you guys were funny while, while you were not hearing me. And oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as I was uh, trying to say... Um, that, that, that I mean, that, not that much happened, I guess, in the in the Facebook story this month compared to last month. But it, it's rumbling on. And another thing that's rumbling on as background noise is the whole regulators around the world are continuing to sort of needle at Apple. So um, Apple are paying ninety million to make the Korean antitrust uh, problem go away. They're investing in Korea for ninety million to make that go away. Uh, the EU's antitrust chief has basically said, you know that law we're in the product process of working on? Pay close attention there, Apple matey boy. And uh, apparently the US authorities are investigating sign-in with Apple because maybe it makes the Apple platform too sticky. Maybe it's a way of stopping people switching to Android, maybe. So that's uh, being Wait a minute, isn't there sign-in with Google already? Of course. Of course there is. For the, yeah, I, and sign in with Facebook. Yeah, I know. Yeah, th- these investigations don't make sense, but they do exist. 
I'm going to come up with the sign in with pod feet button and see if I can get some sticky. <laughs> it won't take you anywhere. You just get to type. I think you can install an OAuth plugin on WordPress to turn your WordPress into it. Anyway, let's let's not do that. Okay. Um, another long running story I have been focusing on for a few years now is Apple's slow but steady tortoise approach to India. Um, and every month there's a few little things happening in India. So uh, another Apple, uh, Pecatron, I think it was, have acquired more land to build another factory in India. That uh, iPhone plant where they had a wee bit of a riot because they weren't paying their employees properly, that uh, is apparently opening again and I haven't heard of any more riots. So I, I, I presume that went OK. Um, and India has approved a plan that could bring more iPad manufacturing into the country by basically giving Apple some nice incentives to bring that manufacturing into India. So India are pulling Apple in and Apple seem to be quite keen to move in. So that continues to develop. I've been really interested in watching what's going on in India because they have rules that say you've got to do things in our country in order to sell your products in our country. You have to make stuff here in order to do that. Mm. And when we went to India, they took us to a a hemp manufacturing plant where they would take uh, raw hemp and turn it into burlap bags. And it was like stepping into like the 1300s to, in time. It was the creepiest, loudest, most dangerous place I've ever been in my life. The dust everywhere, nobody wearing masks. I mean, it was – I can send you a picture at some point of show you what it looked like. It was, it was just hideous. But the, the tour guide explained to us that in, in the – this is a completely inefficient factory. You could do this with machinery, uh, with modern machinery, way cheaper. But the country believes so much in employing people that they completely subsidize this entire factory because it employs people 24-7. It's running three shifts all day long. And so they really invest in their people. And so they're watching them do this is really interesting. And by the way, they've been losing the, um, the call center market because right. now they're they're they've got uh, raised up the wealth of, of the humans there to the point that they're not the cheap player anymore. So they're losing the call center market. They need to backfill it with something else. Yeah. It's an interesting model, and I, I could see other BRIC nations taking the same approach. Okay, fine, you want our market, this is the up-and-coming thing, build stuff here. Yeah, especially when you have a gazillion people. That does help. <laughs> who don't have iPhones. But I also have heard stories like, like yours before, and I guess that, as as and we all do this, we all chase productivity, right? That just that just offends me as, in, in the sense that it it's might. so artificial. What, what offends so you? Com- the, the the whole idea of just you know we're going to keep this completely inefficient factory running, you know just to keep the jobs. I mean, yeah, you know, it was a very odd thing coming from the country that I come from and where our values are in that. But I but watching what they're doing now, using that same mindset is kind of what I was saying was was take that same mindset of the most important thing is to employ our people. How do we get them to to give us jobs? Make a rule that says you have to let us build it if you're going to sell it here. So it's that same mindset that's driving the policy that's making Apple build factories there, so they have factories there so that they can build their Foxconn or whoever. Right, and it's and it's a protectionism of some some strange kind, and I guess that that too is good. The only thing is, and if I understand it correctly, and I'm not necessarily well versed in this in the in the rules and regulations of India, but some of that is to the detriment of their own people by keeping things out unless so that you can't sell them in India unless you make them there. 
I mean, this this smacks. Of, a, I don't want to take us. I don't want to take us in a, a, the wrong direction, but this smacks a little bit of, um, of, of some of the video services. You know, I, I can play it here, but I can't play it over there. And if people want it bad enough, they're going to find a way to pirate or, sne- or in India's case, sneak it in. So well, they could still uh, sell yeah, it. it's not. That's not really this. They could still sell it, but Apple couldn't sell it themselves. They had to. They had to have an Indian partner. So okay. Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of a, it, it's it's unusual. It's a, it's a strange hybrid of like we it's like conform now, and we like communism. Yeah, it's have both. Can we find a way into both? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it appears to be working. They've got they have something extremely valuable. They have a gazillion people who don't have iPhones in their hands. What is it worth to you, Apple? Right. That that's that's capitalism right there, right? Uh, there's also another factor here. Uh, so we have relationships with China are a bit rocky, and the change of administration <laughs> I don't think is going to magic that into just oh, it's roses. I, I don't I don't think so, because and, and even and even if it wasn't uh, that it's a rocky relationship, the the initial effects of COVID, the Being the effect that it had on the factories, showed that you had you had all your your eggs in one basket when you only had all your manufacturing in one country for some product. So they've been yeah. wanting to they've been going oh crud we should really be diversifying as fast as we can in our manufacturing as well. I think the whole the whole world has suddenly realized that having your supply chain utterly stretched out and being one layer one chain that's really long mm-hmm. is really dangerous. And so now everyone's trying to at least have a couple of parallel chains, even if every individual chain is still fragile and still long, but at least have a few of them going. Right, that, right. That's really helpful to places like India, Indonesia. A lot of places get to benefit from that, apart from China, who, from America's point of view, conveniently are not in their good books at the moment. So, yay, I guess. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I just thought that was an interesting way to look at the India stuff. It, no, it is. It's, it is a very it, – it, India is India. India is not any other country in the world. India is India. <laughs> um, I, I've had um, – you know, working in IT, I have, I have gotten to know many people from India as close friends, in fact, during my time at university. And India is India. It's its, mm-hmm. its own special thing. It's they fantastic, like cricket, by the way. Right? They like cricket. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> we ended up watching cricket while we were there. How could you Whole, not? I, wholeheartedly. Yeah, you had to. Uh, wholeheartedly recommend going there, by the way. But this is not a travel show. No, especially not this year. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> we can dream. Uh, speaking of which, something I haven't done in a couple of months, a COVID update, because there actually has been some apple related COVID news this month. So... The NHS, who had a very interesting route to having a working COVID app, they very much tried not to go the Google Apple route and eventually saw sense and went the Google Apple route. Well, they've now released some statistics and uh, their app has, since September when it finally launched, told 1.7 million people to self-isolate, which, based on transmission rates, etc., 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 crunched all the numbers of the statisticians and out pops an estimated 600,000 infections prevented by the app, which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, Unfortunately, things not quite as good in America, where uh, it would appear that the states that do have the apps are not seeing the uptake, which means that they're not getting the level of effectiveness that we're getting in places like the UK and Ireland, where uptake is very high. I thought we don't have an app. 
depends on don't your Don't have your access state. to the API. It's complicated, but there's many states don't have it at all, right? So you have the Express version, which means that on iOS, it's built into the OS, but on Android, there still is right. an app, but it's an app made by Google, not an app made by California. It, it's complicated. <laughs> well, okay. it's, it's it's not only complicated but it's it's messy and it's it's that's been one of the big things i think it's confusing i mean here in pennsylvania we have an app and the the percentage of people that are using it are embarrassingly low um I'm, i've been using it daily and i've gotten two warnings since i've been using it um they were about 10 days late but that's sort of i guess the nature of the beast but at least, you know, it, it like so it, it worked. I mean, somebody near me at some point reported that they had tested positive for COVID. I, I happily have been able to escape that. But when I look at the number of report, daily reports, it's it's pathetic. I mean, it's not even for the state of Pennsylvania, it's not even the size of the city that I live in, let alone all the major cities in Pennsylvania. So it and, and yet, Bart, as you said, you know, it's built into the iOS app. I think New Jersey has one, uh, Maryland has one, New York has one around me, but they're all different apps. In fact, there had to be, I think, a a meeting of governors to agree to share between Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, and Maryland to share the information. Mm. Why? You know, back back on the British one, though, uh, has anybody peer-reviewed that data? Like, do we know that 1.7 million people being told to self-isolate had no false positives? Or is that just them saying, yeah, we wrote this app and guess what it does? You know, it was amazing. Well, the, OK, so the 1.7 notification. OK, so the way the, the British system works is to, to notify that you're infected, you have it, it's true. You don't just self-report. It's actually through the National Health Service that the reports go out. So basically, when you get a diagnosis, you get like a a number that proves that you have a genuine positive result which you pop into the app yes or you read a number yes. out of the app it's so so the the reports are real and the estimate part right is the, is the 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 place where the magic not on sauce the estimate part i'm talking about the nhs app told 1.7 million people to isolate do right. we know that it do we know from peer review studies that the 1.7 million people actually did report in that they had covid into the app and that's how they did it Oh yeah, no, the reports are definite. The, the way the app works, the reports are correct. Like the, the that is correct. What we don't know is whether those 1.7 million reports had any effect on people's actual behavior. Right? We know that the app said you should isolate, but we don't know if people did. But I'm t- I'm still back a step. How do we know okay. the 1.7 million is real? Because of the architecture of the app, there are actual doctors have to certify those actual test results. So I, I don't think that's the. the this is an app written by a country, not the Google Apple API. No, no, it is the Google Apple API. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you said this was the app no, no. they wrote themselves. No, 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 no. That's the app that didn't work. That's why it took them until September to get an app out. They okay. spent half Never the mind. year. Never mind. You said up front that it was the app that didn't work, and that's why I was or that that they wrote themselves. I was like, yeah, who's checking that? Okay, no, uh, sorry. This is cool then. Yeah, sorry. I, I guess I didn't do a very good job explaining that their road to a working app was very rocky because they tried everything they could to not go the upper route, and then eventually they saw sense. Okay. And since they've seen sense, they have 1.7 million. I wonder whether it's it's education about it, though. Like, Chuck, have you ever seen anywhere ever outside of your tech circles that these apps exist or there's a way to to sign up for them? 
the the Secretary the of Health news. here in Pennsylvania did include a, include it twice in a briefing that I saw, but it okay. was at the end of the briefing, and it was like yeah, and I parked my car you know outside the building kind of announcement. That it, work. It, it 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 was no, it was not pushing the idea, it was not encouraging it, and it definitely was not explaining it. And of course, one thing we haven't touched on, uh, and it may or may not fit in here, Bart, but I'll throw it in anyway, sure. is. You know, at the paranoia over this app is tracking me. This uh, this app knows where I am, who I'm with, what I'm doing, and that also, you know, I think contributed to the lack of uptake. Yeah. So, the, so I there's don't a think, lot of I don't think there's enough awareness this. around Cal- in California for us to know to be worried to even ask the question. <laughs> the only reason my friends and family know about it is because I told them. Yeah. yeah that's well, it. I, I mean, see, I, that's it. It's. This whole thing, I mean, we could go off on a whole discussion about that, but the whole communication of things was handled so poorly. Mm. And and forget politics. It just, you know, it just was. so long. Yeah. It took – and there were a lot of things we didn't know. I understand that. You know, I understand along the way we've learned more about COVID-19. But it feels like there should have been a little more thinking behind the preparation or just acknowledge that, hey, we weren't prepared. Here's the path we're going to take. Instead, there were, you know, 25 people trying to grab the reins and take 25 horses in 25 different directions. Yeah, we should it, probably not go too far down this path. Well, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to yeah. spin us back more positively. Um, so just to say that the Irish app is an example of the fact that it can be done well. So the day the app launched, they launched it as open source with all the source code on GitHub. That's the first thing they did. So all of the nerds could actually look at the source code. They had a really human-friendly FAQ explaining about how it is not privacy invading and why, and it's actually superbly well-written. The app itself is clear and simple with very clear information and asks for your permission in a very human-friendly way. And our public health advice has been consistent for months. Wear a mask, keep two meters apart, and get the app. That's it. Face covering, stay separate, app. Face covering, stay separate, app. Face covering, stay separate, app. And you just say it over and 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 over every single solitary day. And when you launch the app, you get immediate up-to-date information. So as of today... Yeah, it's a beautiful screen. He sent me a screenshot of it recently, and it's 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 just one spot. Here it is. Here's everything you need to know about where you live. Exactly. I'm so I'm happy to say that right now, as of the 1st of March, as the latest statistics, there are 303,550 first doses of vaccine stuck into Irish arms. Nice. Just right there on the front screen. The actual current COVID numbers are healthier than they were over Christmas, but that's not exactly a low bar. That's, that's I'm going to skip the rest of the numbers, and that's yeah. We should probably not keep going down this path, right? No, but the, I guess the point I'm saying is the underlying API works well, but it's no good without the other stuff around it. You have to have the public health around the app. It's a tool. It's like a hammer isn't going to build a house. Got to yeah, got to use it anyway. Uh, So we also have uh, an interesting study that the Apple Watch can predict COVID-19 a week before your actual positive test, which is strange and wonderful. Well, impressive, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. What did it do that on? Was it on uh, on Bloat 2? So it was on the it was the Apple Watch Series 6 or was it on earlier ones? I thought it was uh, a heart rate stuff. I thought it was a heart rate. Might have been. Yeah, it, this one was early last month, so I, I just yeah, forget when it was. Yeah, heart rate variability. Uh, 
It's cool. Yeah, it, but it was interesting how this story, you know, got a little bit of uh, attention in the in the tech press, but pretty much nowhere else. Uh, I, I, I saw when I saw it on CNN. Yeah, I was going to say the BBC oh, okay. World Service. I listened to did a half okay. hour World News update, and it made it there. Okay, good. I mean, it's it's too bad because in in some ways it's too bad that this was not publicized more by Apple. But I can also see how people would. You know, it's would, not got any FDA up. approval stuff. It's yep, not a medical exactly. device. Exactly. Well, there, there's also a long road from that study to a useful tool to put in end users' hands. So I guess if it makes yeah. it from, oh, that's interesting, to it's a product, I would imagine Apple would be very, very on board at that point. But until then, I guess they, they don't want to be too... Predictive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe when we're done with all of this, it'll and we start getting the flu again, you know, the flu's way down. Uh, that is true. That we'll, when we start getting the flu again, maybe it'll help us with that one. So <laughs> who knows? Well, we would hope we can learn something from this experience. Mm-hmm. Experience just me being well, as light as I can. It, if that is accurate, and I'm sure that somebody is researching it a whole lot, you know, it just got, points more in a very general sense to the Apple Watch having the potential to become a, an even more impressive health device. So right. yeah. it's just a you know a matter of adding to that story. Yeah, because even yeah. without the new sensors, it's amazing what it can do, and we're not going to stay without new sensors. It, that watch is going to keep getting better and better and better hardware-wise. And already it's able to do so much. It, 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 I, I know it excites Tim Cook, and I, I, I see why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen the um, – Allison, I've, I don't know if it's running BART over there, uh, but over here there's a new Apple Watch ad that you know shows this guy taking an, an ECG you know, in the movie theater and by the pool, I think it is, or something, you know, that he can take it anywhere he wants just by, you know, by doing what you do on the watch. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I've been very interested in that because like you said, Allison, you know, this does not have FDA approval and yet there they are pushing that as, as an, a, a feature of the watch. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if the ads run here because I don't, I don't ever watch advertisement. I, 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 yeah, I don't do ads anyway. Um, Utah have joined the club of having an app. So one more state to, to color in. Um, and then, Apple have gotten ahead of something that could be very problematic. They have basically said that what they're calling health pass apps, so basically apps that assert that you have a positive, sorry, a negative test, which is a positive thing, um, or that you have been vaccinated, need to be associated with a recognized public health authority to get into the app store, which, you know, that is going to become a thing, you know, vaccination passports and stuff. So it's good that Apple have nailed their colors to the mast on that and said, yeah, if you want to go in our app store, you got to be, you got to partner up with the health authority to get your app in. Good, good. Meanwhile, a company called Copan Diagnostics have shipped 15 million tests because uh, Apple helped them build their manufacturing through their um, advanced manufacturing fund, which is nice. Oh, cool. And Apple News Today are asking for people to share their COVID-19 stories. Um, so assuming you're listening to this podcast as it publishes, I think you still have time, but you'd probably want to hurry up. Um, and a final interesting data point, it's kind of anecdotal, but it's still interesting. As of a few days ago, all US Apple stores were open for the first time in about a year. Now they you have know, restrictions. Everybody's and- reporting this, but... That's not technically true. 
lots and lots and lots of them are you can go pick up stuff you ordered. You can't go in the store. They're not open. It's you order something online and you drive over and you pick it up. But they're offering it's a like, service. I mean, it's obviously it's like drive through. It's not open. You can't go in the restaurant. You can drive through. It's not. They're not oh, open. Okay, but if I'm hungry and I see a McDonald's that does drive through but won't let me sit down, I consider it open. Ah, oh, nuts! Did we lose him again? Again? Am I gone again? I'll continue his uh, his analogy there. If we. Um, he says if we he goes and he's hungry and he goes to McDonald's drive through and he gets food, does that count as, as open? I would say no, because you had to have already ordered it ahead of time. <laughs> you had to have bought it and paid for it, and then you can go pick it up. Well, that's the part I don't know. I, my, my impression has been just the opposite, that I could go, I could go to the Apple store. I, well, I don't have one locally here, but the closest Apple store and say, hey, do you have an iMac 27 inch? Yeah, in no, stock? that's yes. not what this is. Okay. Some of them it is. Some of them you can go into, but a bunch of the ones in California, they're the express checkout. And it is specifically, if you ordered it ahead of time, you can go pick it up. Oh, well, you could well, order, that's like Pizza Hut Express. You can order it so. from the car, right? you Flip out your phone, tap, 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 and then go ding dong, hello. <laughs> you know, that, that's something I don't know, Bart. You might be making a good point that it's basically I'll go back in the shop and get it for you and bring it to the door. If that's what that means, I took it as it got shipped to Apple for you to go pick it up. So that, that, might, that would make it a little more open feeling the way you're describing it. I don't know the difference between those well, two. My understanding is basically we're not letting you in the premises because of COVID, but we're, we're going to serve you at the curb. Right. So, yeah, if if that's really what they're doing, uh, then that's like Best Buy is open to me is I, I, I order it ahead and I drive over and I sit at a little parking stall and they bring me out my goodies. Yeah. And it is variable, right? So different stores are providing more or less services. So th- at least they're all doing something. Whereas for a very long time, an awful lot of them were doing absolutely positively nothing. So it's still a silver lining. Yeah. And I guess... Yeah, I shouldn't. I should be so whiny. It, it, you're right. It's a silver. It's a good news story. Let's take it. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to end the the catch up section, which has gone on for a very long time. Goodness me. We have yeah, very we aren't few... to the main stories yet. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yes, but to some extent, it's because the main stories are not great this month. Because I I couldn't even decide what to make into the main stories. But anyway, um, some notable numbers that caught my eye that we may or may not dwell on. See if these float your fancy. Uh, Chrome OS passes Mac OS to become the second most popular desktop OS. And I see Alison immediately going, ah, I want to speak. Yes, we are going to talk about this one. This story irritates the daylights out of me because that's, I'm not even sure what they're measuring. This is, uh, I forget, is it IDG? It's one of those, one of those, it's not IDG, it's the other one. Uh, Gartner? Anyway, I think they're they're, you know, guessing as they do logical uh, predictions of what's been uh, of what's been sold. But this that's not what the true stats are. If you go to StatCounter.com, you can see what operating systems people are actually using today. Hmm. And uh, for desktop operating systems, Mac OS is 16.7 percent and Chrome OS is 2 percent. These two things are nowhere near each other. So I don't understand why they're saying uh, Mac market share grew from 6.7% to 7.5%. It's actually 16.7% in the market right now. So according to IDC's numbers, it's... IDG, yeah. uh, IDC, it says here. Oh, it does. Yeah. Hmm. According to market data firm IDC, 
which they published on GeekWire. They say that it's Mac OS 7.5, Chrome OS 10.8, Other 1.2, which is our friends in Linux, I guess, and Windows 80.5. It was IDC. Well, anyway, the real-time stats right now for desktop operating systems market uh, worldwide. I don't hear you still, sugar. Okay. Oh, no, I hear you now. I hear Chuck. I'm I'm back. Yeah, Allison went went silent, and she's still silent. Yeah, okay. Oh, hello. I see a moving Allison again. Do we hear an Allison? Can you hear me? Yes. There you go. So I think that time it was Audio Hijack, because SoundSource said, you uninstalled the Ace, so I'm quitting. Oh, but of course you did in the middle of a recording, because you were crocheting. What? Anyway. Yeah, so um, I'm back. So I'll drop a link in the show notes to the uh, to the iStat uh, real-time calorie counter there that shows that uh, Apple's at 16.7%, and uh, or I should say Mac OS or OS X, as mm. they as they call it. Um, and Chrome OS is at 2.0. I, I guess it's about how you count things, because I'm guessing IDC are counting sales, whereas the real-time counter is probably counting right. users doing yeah. something on the internet. Yeah, I think so, and I, I just wish they'd say that. Yeah. yeah it's, well, but it doesn't, it doesn't make for nearly as good a headline. Right. You know, I assume thing, right? it's illustrative of a trend that Chromebooks are definitely on the rise quite dramatically. Certainly I'm seeing that in education. That's, that's not what it's showing at all in the real-time charts. It's well, just hovering Al- down there. But, Alison, I would agree with that. But I think that during during the pandemic, I think the Chromebooks became a very attractive option because they were low-cost and, you know, they were they were represented as being able to do everything, especially that the kids needed to do for school. And so people were sc- scraping up Chromebooks as fast as they could. So March 2020... Uh, Chrome OS was 1.24%. February 2021, it's 1.99. That's quite a dramatic rise, actually, from a little over one to nearly two. 1.24. Right, that's one and a quarter. To 1.99. Yeah, that's two. Yeah, but it's <laughs> okay. But, but the other thing, right? Apple by many fa- orders of magnitude. Right, but if that's a real time metric, it, it's going to be missing so many of those education users because they're not on the general internet. Like by definition, they're being kept away from the general internet in school use. So the real time tracker is probably not seeing the school use of Chromebook. Why do you say that? They were all at home, Bart. Right, but the, those things are locked down, so they're not browsing the random internets and they're all managed especially the school owned ones right that's one of the that's one of the things people love about them is that they're the the school can manage them so tightly so you're saying they're not on the internet how are they doing zoom calls they can do they're doing zoom calls all day right so they're right but that's not surfing the web if that real-time tracker is based off you know cookies or advertising or pixels I mean, that real-time tracker has to be getting logs from something, and what that something is really affects what the data is. Whereas I think IDC's numbers is based on sales estimates, which is tracking something very different, of course. Yeah, it's just the numbers are so different. The the round-off error difference between those things makes no sense to me. So anyway. Well, and and we're also back to what I keep saying. You know, how do you define 
this. I mean, I we don't right. we don't know any more how Allison's source is, is uh, tracking it than we do the source that the Mac Observer was quoting. So you know, somebody's published their definitions of how they're they're measuring these things. I mean, Allison, if yours is what's online right now or what's been online in the last twenty four hours, great, say that. But you know, a lot of the time you don't see that that level of detail. It's just what looks good in the headline. Well, you also okay. Have so I know on, what right? this is. It says Stack Counter is a web analytics service. Our tracking code is installed on more than two million sites globally. These sites cover various activities and geographic locations. Every month we record billions of page views to these sites. So they give exactly how they did it. This IDC uh, article, from what I read, doesn't explain what they counted at all. Well, okay, so they're all about sales, right? So they're saying how many sales there were, which is a very different metric because. If I buy a Chromebook and I use it for one hour a day and you buy a Mac and you use it for 10 hours a day, then if we're all randomly hitting web trackers, that your count is 10 of me, but it's still one sale versus one sale. If I buy a Chromebook and I use it for a month, I hate it and I throw it in the bin, and you buy a Mac and use it for 10 years, they're so sale is a sale, and yet they're very different things. So, yeah. What, yeah, I I, I don't I don't think IDC did a good job of explaining what they are counting because it doesn't it doesn't actually say it's based on sales. Hmm. They're just I saying know, they gained market share. I sold Max worldwide in 2020, so it's annual sales for 2020 according to. Where does the it Geek say that? Wire. That's the GeekWire report on the numbers. Mm-hmm. Worldwide market share, which is sales, includes desktop, laptops, and workstations. That's at least a little bit more. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Just something to, something to think about. Those are, they're, they're just so different. Yeah, and then another <laughs> number even, which may or may not be meaningful. Apple beat Samsung in phone sales for the first time since 2016. So, well, see, Apple's winning in that one, so I'm not even going to look for anything else. <laughs> but no, Apple have always been winning by profit share, right? That That's the easy one. Apple make the most profit by like 110% because other companies make losses. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it's interesting that they're now beating them in estimated unit sales. <laughs> it is estimated, of course. Um, what is more factual but still very opaque, Apple has bought more than 100 companies in the last six years, and they basically tell us nothing about those, um, which Mac Observer has done some mathematics, and that works out at one acquisition every three to four weeks. And they always give the same press release. Apple buy companies from time to time and do not comment on their reasons. We're not telling you. Yeah. And the company can be a one-person company you know, yeah. that, that had something Apple wanted. And so they just they pulled them in and, and we bought the, bought the company instead of just hiring the guy or a lady or you know, whatever. is basically the phrase. So, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I mean, that sounds really good and it sounds impressive. But, again, it's so what? Yeah, what? Yeah. Why do I care? Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump us on to HR news. Just two interesting things. Apple are looking to hire a head of international podcasts, so they seem to be about to double down on podcasts again. And um, very future looking, Apple are trying to hire 6G engineers, not 5G, 6G. So they want to inform the standards as they're being developed. Oh, man, I don't have 6G yet. I need 6G. Where's the new phone? Are they late? <laughs> they must be. They, they're doomed, Alison. Doomed because they don't have a 6G phone. Um, 
Some highlights of the news in Apple's various services. Uh, lots of freebies being given away. Best Buy are offering up to six months of free Apple Music, News Plus and Fitness Plus. Best Buy are also offering a health and safety subscription for the Apple Watch. So it's basically a healthcare product where you get a cheaper free Apple Watch if you sign up for the healthcare product. Apple mm. Music is free for six months for students. They've extended that through April. And Apple, Shazam and the wonderful Dolly Parton have teamed up to offer five months of Apple Music for free to new Shazam users. So that's interesting. Hmm. In Apple- they're, they're all over Dolly right now. You know, Dolly's doing a, uh, on the Apple Watch, if you go into walk, they have these walk yeah. with so-and-so things and she does one of those too. Oh, that sounds like fun, actually. It was quite adorable. I'll tell you the one to actually uh, listen to, though, that's even better. That one was adorable. It was sweet. It was very wonderful. I felt great after listening to her. But Anderson Cooper did one that brought me to my knees. It was so good. Interesting. You may check those out. Uh, Apple Music have been busy hiring people. Uh, Leslie Jordan, who apparently is very famous in America, is getting his own radio show on Apple Music. Um... And meanwhile, editor Mel Lewis has been poached from the BBC. So again, BBC Radio 1 to join his friend Zane Lowe, I guess, uh, over on Apple Music as well. Uh, My darling beloved was absolutely delighted to hear that uh, Fantasian is a new title from the uh, person behind Final Fantasy and it is coming to Apple Arcade, which is uh, interesting. Apple TV Plus can now be accessed through your Chromecast on your Google TV. Um, Apple has struck a multi-year deal with Skydance Animations for uh, some Apple TV Plus content. Should be interesting. And hey, Nicole, uh, back up there for, for just a second. Yeah. We should kind of be rocked back in our chairs that Apple TV Plus is available on Chromecast. That's pretty pigs are flying kind of news. Why? I sub- No. Pose, but after the Amazon news, I guess I'm I'm more inured to these things. I think we're get oh, thankfully we're getting to a stage where everyone is on everyone's platform. And, and I you, think it's you, I think it's wonderful. Oh sure. Oh sure. I think yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm I'm kind of if Chromecast wants to wants to be your device of choice, it's going to have to give you access to everything. And so but if Chromecast it were leaving out Apple TV than Plus. Apple. Chromecast is bigger than Apple. You should be saying that sentence the other way around. No, no, no. Apple's no, got the smart no, 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 I'm not talking about Apple. I'm talking about Apple TV Plus. I mean, because I know. Apple TV Plus had the runaway, let's face it, it had pretty much the runaway hit of, of the pandemic with Ted Lasso. So if Yeah, that, but it's I, still, you, you can only watch it on Apple TVs and, well, I guess you can watch it on iPads and iPhones too. Well, no, and on and on um, uh, a whole bunch of tellies with the Apple TV Plus app built in. Uh, a whole uh, that's just starting to happen, though. That's that's yeah. just barely getting started. That's in the category of this news about about Google. I mean, I, I would think it's almost well. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was big news. You guys don't think it's big news. I thought it was. I thought it was ground shifting. I think it's big news for Apple that that they that just adds credibility to Apple TV Plus as a a source of content that people want to see, and therefore people want to, excuse me Google wants to keep people on their Chromecast devices, and they don't want to let them escape to an Apple TV app or an Apple TV device, so they put they give access to it on Chromecast. Apple TV Plus only has a three percent market share in the U.S. in the last quarter. 
Just, just saying. Really? It's, no. it's not big, yeah. but maybe they see the writing on the wall that it will be. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's wonderful, but it just it isn't it isn't a runaway success in spite of uh, the wonder that is Ted Lasso. Yeah, well, look at all the other look at look at the news Bart just read and what's coming up. Bart, I'm not going to steal your thunder. I'll let you read it. But you know, Apple is investing a whole lot of money in TV, in Apple TV Plus. I better better say it that way. Sooner or later, they're going to strike gold. You know, it's it, it may take a while, and it may not be you know one shining uh, example like Ted Lasso. But I think they're they're developing a solid content strategy. Well, if you think about how much people scoffed at the concept the concept of Netflix making their own shows, like they, no one took them seriously. Everyone thought it was a joke, and now you have absolutely amazing content coming out of Netflix, and they've gone from being a place that mainly sells other people's stuff to a place that really is making an awful lot of really good media of its own and drawing people in, like that Netflix, ta-da! It, it is a thing, you know. Like, oh yeah, they're, like the they're number one. Yeah. I mean, you know, and Apple could hypothetically slowly, slowly do the same. And and Bart, I would take it a little farther. You know, they they opened the door for it. But now there are a lot of different places that are producing amazing content. I mean, Disney is producing some crazy original content. Um, Amazon is producing producing as in acquiring funding you know i'm not necessarily they aren't just sitting there in the director's chair with the clapper saying you know <laughs> action but you know they are they are out there delivering content it's because we have all these new ways to deliver content to people no longer are we stuck with the main major networks or even the major major cable services so now there's all this great content being created because there's so many more delivery channels well, if and Apple TV happens to be one of them. If you're a producer, you now get to shop around to some people with very big wallets who are very keen to, to find the one-hit wonder. So as a producer, that I think it's probably quite a fertile ground to be going around with it, shopping your ideas. Definitely. So we have Nicole Kidman joining a, a new Apple TV Plus series called Roar. Um, Apple have announced what they're calling a groundbreaking auditory series called Calls, which is a TV show that you basically get the plot by listening in on a phone call, but they've signed up Nick Jonas, so it's definitely going to get some ears, I guess, and eyes of a sort. Um, and Apple then had a big release to say that coming up this spring, we have new Ted Lasso, Mythic Quest, and more. So they basically announced their spring schedule. And then uh, probably their biggest kickoff of the month was uh, season two of For All Mankind, uh, which got an AOR app to boost it along and an official For All Mankind podcast, which also debuted ahead of the first episode. So uh, that is now rolling out season two. I checked uh, in with Steve. He's listening. It's fantastic. At the podcast. OK. To the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been. Well, of course, I, I'll be honest, I have show. so many podcasts on my list. I, I didn't add it. But the. Uh, I have been watching every episode every Friday, and I'm very much looking forward to, well, it's now today as we record, um, <laughs> but later, much later, after I have had a sleep, I hope, um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to episode three, I think it is, so yeah. And then Billie Eilish also got a, a fair bit of Apple's love, um, that was a premiere event, and then the documentary is now out, the world's a little blurry. And apparently there is a limited edition gift card, so you can gift people Apple stuff with Billie Eilish's something or other on it. So that was... Um, I like Billie Eilish. So do she's I. Weird as, she's weird as all get out. I love her. 
Yeah, it's a good thing. So I've sort of set this up to transition into main story number one, which is Apple TV Plus and award season. Um, and this definitely um, is another one where I'm going to read out a list and then we can comment on it. So uh, Coda, the movie Apple purchased the rights to at the recent uh, Sundance Film Festival, has won the Grand Jury Prize, the Directing Prize, the Audience Award and a Special Jury Prize all at the Sundance Film Festival. So that was that was a good purchase. Um, Ted Lasso, Wolf Walkers uh, have picked up Golden Globe nominations. Um, The only one to win was Jason Sudeikis for his role as the aforementioned Mr. Lasso. Um, Also, the directors of uh, Wolf Walkers are going to do an animated series for Apple TV+. The directors of Wolf Walkers being two absolutely cool Irish lads from the Midlands of (laughs) Ireland. I heard them interviewed on uh, Jesse Thorne's podcast this week, and they were just describing my childhood to a T. It was it was wonderful, um, and they rock. Uh, Ted Lasso picks up three Writers Guild Award nominations. Ted Lasso on the rocks. Uh, Jennifer Aniston receive AARP movie for movies for grown-ups award nominations. That is the American. That makes her sound so so old. Yeah, see, so for those who are not familiar, the AARP is, I believe, the American Association for Retired Persons. Yeah. <laughs> grown-ups. She got the old people award for grown-ups. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Anyway, well, I suppose they're all wholesome in their own way, although well, I wouldn't exactly call the morning show wholesome, but it's darn good television. Oh, um, I was surprised it wasn't up for anything, but anyway. Yeah, well, they, they were nominated last year, right? Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't had anything come out this year that yeah. would have qualified, did they? In twenty twenty? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think maybe they were that's mostly it. in last year's nominations, yeah. That'll yeah. slow your awards down. Well that's <laughs> what pandemics do, do right? Because season two was really yeah. supposed to be out by now, but not yeah. yet. Uh well, didn't they have to, didn't they have to start things over again? They re I mean, they rescripted it, yeah. Yeah, because of the pandemic, so that it would be a bit more timely instead of just ignoring, like, acting like it never it happened. happened. Yeah, which wouldn't have worked well. So, and they had actually rescripted yeah. Series 1, it, it turned out later as well, as the Me Too movement kicked off. They actually re-redid their Season 1. So the only season we've seen was actually the second attempt, because they basically threw their, what they had actually written in the bin. So they've written four and produced one and a half. God, those poor guys <laughs> and gals and everyone involved. That's, yeah, oh, that's got to be rough. That has got to be rough. Meanwhile, 11 nominations for the 52nd NAACP Image Awards. That is the National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People. All good on my acronyms today. Uh, Four Critics' Choice Award nominations. On the Rocks, nominated for Best Comedy. Bill Murray for Best Supporting Actor. Ryan uh, Ryder Allen for Best Young Actor. And uh, that's in Palmer. And Greyhound for Best Visual Effects. Apple TV Plus film Wolfwalkers earns 10 nominations for the Annie Awards. Annie is in animation, so there are awards for animated movies. Meanwhile, in related news, For All Mankind and Palmer take the top spots in streaming last week. So there are two Apple shows that are topping the charts in terms of what people are watching while streaming. So I think Apple are starting to get recognized for the fact that they're making some darn good content. I'm sure glad to see they're being recognized for it. I, I'm enjoying a lot of the shows. Yeah. I still remember very clearly being at work one day when we used to do that 
actually go places and having coffee together as a team <laughs> with people together in a place. I remember those days. Anyway, every day we'd talk about television. And it was always what was on the BBC or what was on RTE or what was basically what was on Irish broadcast television. And one day, conversation shifted to The Crown, which is a Netflix original. And it suddenly it was like, Netflix is just television. Netflix is plain old television that ordinary people who are not nerds watch all the time. And I'm starting to think that uh, was it apparently a big search on the internet is on which channel is Ted Lasso? So it's obviously <laughs> starting to reach people in some way. Or how do I get Ted Lasso on Netflix, I believe, was the question that, was, that, was, that became a bit of a meme. <laughs> so I think we may get to a point where ordinary people start to really take seriously Apple TV in the same way that they now take Netflix seriously. I think that's coming. Could be. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I think between the, the previous segment, we've actually sort of done our main story already, really. So um, unless people object, I'm going to move us into main story number two, which is uh, Epic have continued to expand their war on Apple. And it is quite obvious to me now that this was very strategically planned out and this is part of a long game. So uh, in just February, again, big list of stories, Epic has lodged antitrust complaint against Apple in Australia's Competition and Consumer Commission. Epic Games has filed an EU antitrust complaint against Apple. And uh, Apple Fortnite extends its Epic claims... Sorry, expand... Basically, they're saying they broke EU competition law. Uh, Epic have added state legislatures in the United States into the mix here. They had a a bill in North Dakota they were backing, which failed. Then there's a bill in Minnesota that is about app store fees that I don't believe has has come to either success or failure yet. And meanwhile, probably the biggest news is that in Arizona, their House of Representatives actually did pass a bill uh, limiting what app stores can do. Basically, if it gets so that's past the house it still has to pass the senate and be signed by the governor but it is if the bill goes all the way through then uh third party app stores will be mandated or at the very least there will have to be um people will have to be able to use other payment methods other than apples on uh, apps sold on the app store so i don't know how that's going to play out but that could become quite significant um and then the actual I, I don't- yeah, okay. I yeah. don't understand. I don't understand this logic of saying that a company can't sell the product. Well, I guess they're not saying that Apple can't sell a product to people using their in-app purchasing, but there's these laws are trying to say that they can't make the developer sell it through their uh their store. And to me, and, and I've had it explained to me, and it never sticks. Why this is not not doesn't isn't a logical argument to me. It's like okay, I want to put my stuff on the shelf at Walmart, but I don't want to give Walmart any money for selling my stuff. What am I missing? Why why should Apple let you be in their store? Well, okay, so the, the, I guess the first thing is the first argument would be well. But there's no other choice of store. Walmart have made it illegal for there to be any other place to go sell my stuff. So I'm a seller of widgets and the only place where I'm allowed to sell my widgets is Walmart. So that's the argument of you have to allow third party stores. It's not a particularly good analogy, though, because. like, I see that point. 
Well, Bart, Bart it's, uh, they haven't made it illegal. They've just made it um, difficult, if not impossible. impossible, to install it on the app. I mean, I can go and buy a copy of something from somebody. It's just that I have no method of installing it um, unless I'm going to jump through some some jailbreak hoops. Or so, register a developer I, account to get the source code. Yeah, it, for, it's, for, yeah. The, right. for all right. intents and purposes, it's not possible. I mean, yeah. there's round-off error yeah. of, of ways to do it. But yeah. um, I, I see what your point is, Bart. So what if Apple says, okay, you can you can sell your product through a third-party store, but then you can't sell it through my store? Oh, that is another they way. They wouldn't that, let them do they, that either, right? Well, I'm not sure that would necessarily Hmm. Oh, that gets us into something very similar about where they run into trouble with ebooks, right? Because the ebooks, Apple had a rule that you couldn't sell it for less on another store, and that right. got them into their antitrust right. problems on on ebooks. Not that I agreed with that case because Amazon convinced the US DOJ that Apple were monopolists. It's like, Maybe this is more – maybe I think I just thought of an analogy that might make help me make sense to this. Let's say you buy a car from Honda and Honda sells Honda floor mats. What if Honda said you can only buy your floor mats from Honda? You can't buy and, – and third-party companies, you can sell them through my Honda store, but you can't sell them any other way to be put in Honda cars. That is closer. That is much closer, yeah. Because you can thing, sell floor mats is, for Fords any way you like. But you can't sell floor mats for Hondas unless you go through Okay, Honda. so, so Alison, I'm going to let's change that analogy a little bit to something that is safety related. So, um, you can only you can only sell airbags that go into Hondas through Honda um, because air, because Honda wants to make sure that the airbags are you know up to their specs and are mm-hmm. safe for you, as opposed to being able to install a third party airbag. Now we're a lot closer because I, now I, we're into this. Sorry, I was on your page for a long time. I, I was a big advocate of the whole, the reason for Apple's exclusivity is because it's protecting us, the user. I, I was very right. strong on that page, but I was convinced that I was thinking about it wrong by the simple fact that the two things are separable. So you can say that the OS enforces app notarization without enforcing the store which is what we have on at the default settings on macOS Catalina. Sorry, not Catalina, Big Sur. Do exactly that. But of course, on Big Sur, there's a switch to say, no, no, Apple, I know better. But imagine Catalina without the no, no, I know better switch. Then you have a situation where every app has to be notarized by Apple. So all the security scanning has to happen. But it doesn't actually affect how it's sold. So I can still buy Transmit directly from Panic and I still get the security stuff. So the security protections are separable from the stores. Okay, but I've got it. I've got it. What if Chuck's uh, third-party garbage airbags he wants to sell uh, for my Honda? What if they make my gas mileage go go completely in the pooper? So th- th- I, I bring that one up because if third-party apps can, if poorly written and not following guidelines, blah blah blah, they can end up draining your battery. For example, like you. Depending on how they're putting it, in, again. well, yeah, okay. But fa- apps in the store do that too, right? Facebook app notoriously was a complete notar battery drainer. And that was in the store. Where, where, the end of- where the notarization falls down, though, is in the other two things Apple provides with the store, which is not the security stuff. They also insist on privacy stuff. And 
if you allow anyone to sell stuff, then those anyone's have access to your payment information. Therefore, they know who you are. Therefore, they have lots of privacy information they could sell. And there's no way Apple could enforce that if there are third-party stores. That is definitely lost. And the other thing that's lost has just fallen out of my brain. Nuts. That was a third thing. Darn. Darn, darn, darn. Well, I, I, but I see, I think we have we have the the other side of the coin here. It already exists. It's out there. It's called the Google Play Store. And we know what the Google Play Store looks like. And that's what they want the app, the Apple right. App Store to become like. And that Google Play Store is filled with junk and um, and and security issues and security risks and everything because it's built on Android. And so, right, you know, but the notarization model, we're not quite on that. We're in a wildish West, but it's not as wild as the App Store West, because while you could still have stuff like in-app purchases for five million quid a month in this hypothetical world you're describing, Chuck, which is pretty dystopian, but you could use notarization to stop malware and stuff. So it wouldn't be as bad as the Play Store, but it's somewhere between the App Store and the Play Store, I guess. You mean if if Apple would be required to do this? If Apple would be required to do this, they could take the Big Sur model and bring it to iOS, which would then give you somewhere a halfway house between the App Store as we know it and the Play Store. I, I don't know. It, it it bothers me a lot. I mean, it bothered me before when, and, and or maybe earlier in the in the discussion here, where France is saying one thing or the UK is saying something, and they're putting all these requirements on Apple. Now we're down to states. You know what happens when it gets to villages, and cities, and counties. You know, I mean, or or the Eastern District of Texas. What? That you know they have the ability to create these requirements that somebody operating within their within the, within their limits, even though they aren't within their limits, you know. Okay, but well what happens uh, if it gets too small, Chuck? Is that simply there is no Apple Store in that town, and people drive two towns over to buy their iPhone, so it does break down eventually. Yeah, and and that's what I'm that's what I'm worried about here, not not necessarily for Apple's sake, but for our sake, for to the detriment of the uh, of the user. So you if know, your it, your local politicians uh, push for this, then all of a sudden you don't get to do things that you were able to do before, or or I'm exposed to things that I sh- I would not have been exposed to before. And I Bart, I hear what you're saying, so I'm not discounting what you're saying, but. You know, I I feel pretty secure right now that if I tell someone who is a non-tech, one of my neighbors, that says, "Hey, what do you what you know? I want to do this with my phone. What app do you think?" You know, I can I can point them to an app on this on the store, and not even necessarily a well-known app, and feel pretty for pretty darn good that it's not going to get anybody into trouble. But Probably. if this protection is taken away or you have a substandard app store and that neighbor decides, hey, you know, I'll buy it over here for a buck less and now you have issues. And that, the whole thing just, just bothers me that Apple, Apple needs to be able to run its store the way it wants. And if you don't like it, then fine, go over and play in the Google store. To me, that's the winning argument, Chuck, because Apple are competing – Apple is competing, again, and they're not winning in terms of numbers by a million and one miles, right? So to me, this isn't anti-competitive because Apple's key thing in the market they are offering is a soup-to-nuts full stack. That is a distinct product 
with distinct advantages to consumers above Google's open model. And if in the name of choice you remove the choice to have an integrated model, that's not actually protecting the consumer. Because it should be my choice to choose the gilded cage, as people will call it, or the walled garden if you prefer, over the Wild West. And I know a lot of people who love the Wild West, but God darn it, I like my gilded cage. And I, as a consumer, should be able to choose a gilded cage. And breaking up the gilded cage in the name of freedom is nuts to me. And Bart, I like that. And I'll, But I also want to go back to something, to, to one of Allison's examples and twist it a little bit. Um, Allison, did you say we were using Target? Was that your yeah. store? Oh, well, I okay. said Walmart, but let's do Target because I actually like Target. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so Target. So, all right. So let's see. Um, I manufacture sheets. All right. And I want to sell my sheets in Target. But Target has their own sheets, and they don't want me to sell their sheets in their store. But by God, I have a right to to march into the store, demand the manager put my sheets on the on the on the shelf, and sell them. That's what it feels like they're trying to do to the app store. That if if I'm not willing to go by Target's rules and acquisition rules, I still have a right to put something in the store, and to charge what I want, and you know, well, and to not give them a cut. And to not That's give them the a most cut. important thing, not give them a cut. Yeah. And and this just feels like this this is so out of bounds. We can do analogies all day long and, and we can we can get down to it. But at the end of the day, this is this is somebody feels like they have a right to walk into this uh, the this ecosystem, decide what they want to pay Apple, even though Apple is is creating the ecosystem, maintaining the ecosystem, has built the ecosystem. But I have the right, right to walk in and say, yeah, I, I want to take advantage of everything you've done now and sell my app. That just is not right. And the analogy I heard on the SMR podcast is is that what Epic did in, in to raise this stink was they walked into a restaurant, ordered dinner, and then flipped the table over. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'll I mean, tell you, there is a solution to all this. And the solution is. is that Apple can hire more lobbyists, can afford to hire more lobbyists than Epic can. Unfortunately, you're right, because the other point I was going to make is as this goes down into smaller and smaller, um, what's the word I'm looking for, sort of areas of power. Ah, there's a word for it. Anyway, as we go from countries to states, the amount of money it takes to influence a state legislature is a lot smaller than the amount of money it takes to influence a national legislature. It's a lot Great smaller point. than the amount of money it needs to to to, to, to influence regional governments like the EU. So if you keep drilling down, it becomes much easier for Epic to to basically send enough lobbyists to, to get Dakota to vote one way or the other than it is to get the EU to vote one way or another. That's a great point, Bart. That's a really great point. Yeah. It's a, it's a, and it's all happened at once, right? Within Within... In January, there were zero states voting on laws like this. Within February, we've had three. So this is clearly a strategy. Um, so it's a very... Apparently there's a great deal of similarity between the laws between states, almost like Epic wrote them. Uh, <laughs> when you say almost, what you mean is Control-C, <laughs> Control-V. Or unless they run a Mac, in which case it's Command-C and Command-V, but yes. I mean, that's a done thing, right? Lobbyists write laws, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, well all you, this has been does. going on, right? So this is... 
everything so far in this segment has been new developments. But of course, there is actually an original lawsuit in the US that kicked the ball rolling in all of this. And that lawsuit has also not stood still. Uh, so Apple wanted Valve to hand over a bunch of data um, to to basically... This is all about market share and stuff. So Apple were like, fine, let's define the market. We need to know how big the market is. So we need va- data from Valve. And Valve were like, no. And the judge was like, uh, actually, yes. Yes, you will. Grudgingly. The judge was like, Apple have salted the earth with subpoenas, but God darn it, they're right on this one. Urgh, epic, hand it over. Or not Epic, sorry, um, Valve handed over. So we will get to see that. Uh, Epic Games are pushing to have uh, Scott Forstall testify in the case. Uh, it's kind of comical, but they're having a bit of trouble locating him because Apple say they, d- they don't have contact with him anymore and they suggested a P.O. Box number and his Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> but given how they parted company, I'm not sure Apple are being disingenuous. I'm not entirely sure if Scott Forstall keeps up with Apple. Um, they didn't particularly part on good terms. Uh, and apparently, May 3rd is D-Day. The court case will be heard on May 3rd, and the judge considers it such an important case that, if at all possible, it should be done in person in the courtroom because both companies are big enough to have um, their lawyers self-isolate in a bubble. So we can. Oh, like... come on. Yeah. That's, a... yeah. That's idiotic. I agree entirely, <laughs> but there we go. Uh, and there is also an ongoing case in the UK, which is uh, not quite um, gone Epic's way. The UK court have basically said, no, we're not the right venue for this. Uh, that American case, let's leave it to them. Strangely enough, the Epic case against Google has been allowed to continue in the UK, but the case against Apple has not been allowed to continue, which is interesting. But uh, Yeah. So between the the new stuff in the states and the 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 main case itself moving forwards, with you know with hearings on May third, this continues to develop. This is not a quick story. I, I have to ask, and and I know we're we are all Apple focused, so mm-hmm. that's what we're going to hear uh, or pay attention to. But is has the Google aspect of this been getting nearly the same kind of press, and I just have missed it, or is it always Apple, Apple, Apple? If they have, I've missed it Apple. too. Okay. I, I, it seems like uh, if Google is mentioned at all, it's a footnote. They're never in the headline. So I yeah. guess Apple is better clickbait. Well, we know Apple's better clickbait. Let's be honest. Yeah. Apple's the best clickbait. Um, anyone else have any thoughts on, on, on that? Or do we, do oh, we call please, no. story number two <laughs> baked? So, as I say, it's been a very funny month of news because, to be honest, none of the stories are really the kind of stories I would normally make a main story. Um, but I picked three to make the main stories. And the third one I picked is one that sort of caught my ear because uh, of... Oh, that's very... That point is very... That was terrible. Sorry, that terrible. Was terrible. <laughs> Apple did a study on how we are using our devices, particularly how we're using headphones with our devices. And really we're bad at it 25 percent of us are overexposing ourselves to noise and when i'm hearing things like you know one in ten people regularly experience ringing in their ears i'm thinking e gads i'm not great but i don't i'm not quite to that stage so the reason it's resonated with me is because with with the recent version of ios my phone has been occasionally turning itself down and telling me it's for my own good 
and my initial initial reaction was, ah, don't be such a nanny, followed by, hang on a second. If I destroy my hearing, I don't get to have it again. So I have actually been proactively reducing the volume as I switch from podcast to podcast and from setting to setting. And it has been happening to me less that it turns it down for me. So it's obviously working. So Bart, there's, I want to change one thing that you said in description of the story. They weren't just, this study was, the Apple hearing study was not about uh, us having the volume up on our headphones too loud. That was part of it, but it was also being uh, exposed to environmental sound exposure. So that was, that was a really big part of it. Um, This was Apple watch based to some extent too, wasn't it? To get the ambient noise, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so I I just have one little anecdote on that. I was at the uh, gym back when I could go to the gym, and we were I was in the cafeteria area. I was at, as far as I could be from the counter and still be in the cafeteria, so maybe mm-hmm. thirty or forty feet away from the counter. And the guy turned on the um the the blender to make a smoothie for someone and ran it for long enough that my watch told me I was being exposed to excessive sound. Oh wow! And I thought mm-hmm. about that guy that was running it going, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. If it's that bad when I'm 40 feet away. So once, yeah, you're, you're hearing a smoothie, right? That guy's hearing smoothie all day. So, um, if we ever open up again, I'll probably go, go have a mention with them about, about the management going, Hey, you guys need to measure the sound next to that guy. Cause that's bad for him. Yeah. I've had but, that turned on on my watch since it became available and I'm ha- well, in 2020 and 2021, it has never gone off. But then again, <laughs> I goes off in the house. shower. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the, um, you can turn on the um, the mode that does uh, turn down the volume if you uh, uh, if you want it to, like what it's doing for you. And I didn't have that on, but I heard about this hearing study, and I saw, hey, you can join the hearing study. So I joined the hearing study, and it said, hey, do you have this feature turned on? I went, huh. No, I don't. Let me turn it on. And then I listened to Anderson Cooper and I was like, I couldn't hear him. It was too quiet. And so then I went, oh, wait a minute. I bet I know what's different. And I went in and you've got there's all different levels you can set it to. So I definitely had it in whisper in the library mode. (laughs) I've turned it up. I may even have turned it off because it was so annoying that that I couldn't uh, I couldn't hear what I needed to hear. Okay, so the way it works for me, and I think I accepted some defaults because I don't remember spending much time thinking about it, but for me, the volume is normal until my weekly exposure has been reached, at which point it sort of taps me on the wrist and goes, Oi, sunshine, you, you've reached your noise limit for the week. I'm now turning your podcast down. And you can hit the up volume button again and override it, which I'll be honest, I do huh. a little bit. But basically, to me, it's like a warning of you've been you haven't been managing this well and I'm now at a stage where it almost never has to do that because I'm taking responsibility more. So it's it's like a nudge to me. If the watch needs to do this for me, I haven't done it right. Or sorry, the phone does this for me, I haven't done it right. And the other thing is the version of iOS that's in beta at the moment is going to make this feature work a little bit better because right now I have an issue where I have a Bluetooth speaker in my kitchen that the phone thinks is headphones. But they're not headphones, they're speakers. (laughs) And so that's being counted towards my headphone exposure when it shouldn't. But in the newest iOS, that's still in beta, but it's about to come out of beta. um, You you know the way you can rename a Bluetooth device? Yeah. Well, there's an extra button underneath that now where you can say what type of Bluetooth device this is. 
So you can say these are headphones, these are speakers, or these are other. Oh, I heard about this problem on uh, Matt Geekab. They were answering a question about it, and it's supposed to, one of the problems is people have trouble in their cars. It thinks it's headphones. Yes, exactly. The, so you can now fix the that. Bluetooth speaker in the car. Yeah. So Apple have provided a mechanism. So you click the I button in the Bluetooth screen while you're connected to the device and just tell it, no, no, these are not headphones. These are whatever. And then that will stop happening. And then the feature will become even more useful. So to some extent, I guess I took a point of personal privilege there, but it's really changed my use of my headphones. Just having that feature to, to tell me I've done too much. And given the amount of exercising I do listening to podcasts, probably for the better. I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts. Maybe the world's quickest main story. Like I say, the main stories were very arbitrary this month. Right, well, I'm going to just wrap us up then with a few quick stories to round out the month's worth of news. Apple launched a new ethics and compliance website. Uh, it's on apple.com if you'd like to read. Apple's indoor mapping format has been adopted as a community standard, which I guess is a sign that they're doing things well. Um... Apple have started to offer sign language interpreters, uh, which you do have to pre-book them when you go to Apple stores in 11 countries, US, UK, Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Sweden, Switzerland, Belgium and Austria. I think that's a very nice continued support of uh, accessibility there by Apple. Uh, Apple have created their first entrepreneur camp for black founders and developers. Apple are celebrating Women's History Month, which is March. Uh, with the help of Apple Music, Fitness Plus, and more. And the and more includes uh, an entrepreneur camp for female founders and developers, applications for which are now open. Apple donated $1 million uh, and products to the Utah-based LGBTQ plus charity Encircle. Uh, Target, who Alison likes, are opening <laughs> mini Apple stores inside 17 of their biggest stores to help woo customers, apparently, according to the CNBC headline. And uh, Apple has added repairability scores to their iPhones and Macs in France to comply with French law. And uh, they're scoring above 5 out of 10, which is better than I was expecting them to score. So it's getting, interesting. Getting there, I guess. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's interesting. So that wraps up the February Apple news from my point of view. Um, guys, is there anything that you think I should have harped on about or, or have we have we wrapped it up? I think up? you covered the kitchen sink this month, Bart. Yeah, yeah except for the except for the fact that uh, I, I think I read somewhere that um, Epic Games wants to open a mini shop inside Target and they're <laughs> suing to, you know, to have the... No, they want a mini shop inside... It, 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 what's a, a game that's popular anyway yeah. Well, yeah 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 well folks look uh thank you for i don't know the listeners are going to hear at least some of the skype funniness we've had um so thank you for putting up with the skype funniness um thank you for giving so freely of your time and for joining us so would you like to let the good listeners know where they can find more of your work let's start with you chuck Sure. Um, MacVoices.com is where you can find everything I do. Um, we publish right now on a daily basis. And I do a live show on Facebook and YouTube on Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and you can find me on social media as at Chuck Joyner. Bart, thanks so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Always a pleasure, Chuck. Uh, Allison, for, for, the, for that one listener who listens to this show who doesn't know you already, can, can you let them know where they can find you? <laughs> 
Well, what is it that I always say? Everything good starts at podfeet.com. I've got uh, a plethora of podcasts there, uh, including a couple with Bart. We do the uh, Programming by Stealth podcast together where Bart is teaching us to program in an audio podcast with amazing sh- tutorial show notes. Um, and he does a security bit segment on my flagship show, the NoSillaCast, which is a technology geek podcast with an ever so slight Apple bias. In other words, a giant apple bias. Uh, but we also have uh, Chit Chat Across the Pond where I just talk to people I find interesting in tech. So a lot of fun there. And uh, and I do a live show on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time at podfeet.com slash live. Excellent. Uh, folks, I also had fun, even though it was with Chuck. Oh. <laughs> I, now, For I've been nice the whole time. I tried and to she, make it to the she, end, Chuck. She, I tried. She, 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 she cracked. I, I cracked her. I got her. <laughs> For, for those of you not familiar with the wonderful history that was the Mac Roundtable, there is a long-running faux rivalry between my two guests, which they have been doing their best to uh, not play up, but right up until the end where we just had to have some fun, didn't we? And I'm glad <laughs> you said faux, faux rivalry, Bart. That's perfect. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It seems like the best way to describe you guys' unique and Chuck interesting thinks. relationship. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening, there are detailed show notes with links to all of the stories that informed my thinking at lets-talk.ie. While you're there, there is a series of large blue buttons under the uh, hopefully inviting headline, Support the Show. This is an entirely listener-supported show. There are no advertisers. There are no advertisements. It's you guys that make this possible, and without you, it simply wouldn't exist. So thank you to everyone who does or ever has supported the show in any way be that financial or simply by spreading the word or reviewing the show. Um, Basically, the Patreon button allows you to pledge a small dollar amount per episode. There will be two episodes a month, one Apple, one photography. So if you'd like to give me a $2 a month, pledge one, you get the idea. And there's a PayPal button, which is very efficient for giving larger one-off donations. Basic idea, monthly bills paid for by Patreon, non-recurring expenses covered by PayPal, and the intention is to break even, and that is mostly working these days so that is entirely down to you guys and i thank you ever so much for helping me achieve that i've been your host Bart Boot. i'm a patron you're you are allison you are indeed one of my patrons and i greatly appreciate it oh i was yes so sorry i cut off your signature (laughs) i was gonna say i end the show a certain way every time and now i can't remember what it is oh yes i've been your host Bart Bouchot. you can find me at bartb.ie and until next time Happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Five, four, three, two, one. And we are go. Go, wait. Go where? The commercial, Guy. We're recording a commercial for the MyMac.com podcast. Ah, so we're recording the podcast now. Well, well, no, not now. At the moment, we're recording this commercial. So when do we go? Go where? I don't know. You started this whole go thing. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. We have no idea what we'll say next.